welcome, listener, back to our conclusion interview for the game Shadow on the Rails. In these interviews, we will take a look back at the games that we have just played in, take a deeper look into some of the game systems and the homebrew worlds that we had the opportunity to enjoy, as well as talk about some post-game thoughts and having some time for GM advice. I am here with the GM, Caleb Gilombardo. Thank you, first of all, from the Block Party Podcast Network for running this game. For the network, for me, for the other players, for the listeners, this game was fantastic. It is my pleasure here, Mitch. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love being a guest on other people's shows. Because that usually means I don't have to do the editing work. (laughs) Oh, man, I know the feeling. That was not the case for this game, but I enjoyed editing this game. The sound effects, like I said in the introduction interview, were fantastic uh, to do, to take your voice and turn it all that scary shadow monster sound. It was a great time. And you did an excellent job with that. I really, really enjoyed hearing what you did to produce the game we played. Oh, well, thank you. Well, let's um, let's get into some of our post-game questions. Uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit about this game. So one of the first things I want to talk about is the system that we used, Wushu. This was the first time that I ever got to play Wushu. I know that you had homebrewed some rules for this game, but in the end, all I have to say is after playing that game, this was the game that I have played in that I had the most agency that I've ever had as a player. In fact, it went beyond like giving me choices for my character this game and the way that you GM'd allowed us as players, and I think it took a little bit of time for us to really realize this, but it allowed us to tell what was going on with the NPCs, with the the villain or monster, with the environment, with the story. It wasn't just about controlling ourselves. Was that a reason you picked Wushu? And why did you choose to play this game that way? My driving force behind doing this was mostly to see if I could do it. So this was a challenge to myself. Wushu at its core is all about that narration. It's all about 100% player and character agency, like you just said, to define the world and the NPCs and the villains. As we said in the introduction, Wushu is really built to focus on big budget kung fu action movies so it's giving players the freedom to not just say i'd like to run forward and make an attack roll it's giving them the freedom to say i run into the scene and this happens and this happens and this happens and then we all just tell the story together i always describe wushu to players who haven't played it before as it is a game where everything you say happens period full stop there's no checks There's no failures. Everything you tell in the story becomes part of the story. So the challenge I set to myself was, one, could the system handle anything other than action? And two, could I get my players to a point where they were embracing that narrative style of gameplay in a horror genre game? And as you said, Mitch, it took you guys 
a little bit, but you got there. <laughs> Listening back to the game, there are a few moments where you were still in D&D mode, where you were asking, I'd like to make this check, or can I do this? And then there's a point where it just, the, the switch flips. And we, I could hear it. I just can't remember it at this point. Oh, yes. It, it was a total, we've got it. Yep. We're buying in. And from that moment on, I think we all were just like grabbing it by the reins. And I don't, it wasn't a, we didn't respect you, but like we, when we were doing things had questioned to the other players, like, are you guys cool if I, if I say this, because we didn't want to take agency away from the other players. But I don't think at any point after we got it, did we say, Caleb, is it cool if we say this? Because it wasn't a, we don't respect you. It was a, this is the game you set up. And we knew that's what you were going for. And oh man, there was buy-in at that point and excitement because I mean, going back to the game, it was like the larva was something that I remember like I threw in there. The ghost, I believe, was was Dan coming up with the ghost of the German soldier. It was it was all these things that we added up that became part of the story and something for you to run with as GM. And I love that because the story we told together was a million times better than anything I would have prepared myself solitarily writing prompts or planning a game. Here's a perfect example. The game we played was night and day different than what I had originally started preparing as we were pitching this Hmm. and discussing this. I still have my original notes from (laughs) what I was, quote, writing before we started playing. And I was making this horribly convoluted plan. I was creating all these details. I was really working against myself, trying to make it much more complicated, trying to give you guys plot points and details to grasp onto. And I realized that I was doing that kind of as a crutch because I was worried that we wouldn't successfully communicate that idea of 100% agency between all of you as players. So I was penalizing myself trying to give you guys the easy way out. And honestly, I ran out of time. I was trying to prep this the morning that we were going to record and I've been having trouble with it. I kept getting stuck and it finally clicked in my head. The reason I can't do this is because it's not supposed to happen. The system says, stop preparing, trust your players (laughs) And let them come up with ideas. That moment in the game where the three of you realized what you really could do and you started throwing these details out and inventing these backstories on the fly and how the characters interact with each other, that's where the system came to life. And that was the moment that I sat back and said, I don't have to do anything. These three fellas can just run the game and I can just make sure it happens. And that that's when I knew this was a successful game. You know, it's funny because this this type of GMing, this type of game system is so vastly different than a, than a lot of game systems and GMing strategies that I am used to, that I myself incorporate. I just hearken back to that scene where Vincenzo goes, uh, I go into my room. I, well, that sounded just like him. That was perfect. Did, that was I go great. into my room. Uh, I pull out my gun from my suitcase. I rummage through my And it's like, it's funny because, okay, let's be honest. Caleb, if you were running a game 
of D&D, like you've probably had this because what what DM hasn't had this before where a player just goes, oh, I pull out this item uh, that before they didn't have it written down. They didn't have, you know, they don't have anything uh, written down about it. And they try to put, pull one over on the DM. And as the DM, you look at them with these eyes of like, yeah, you don't have that. Like you, you, you're not just pulling out a like, you know, and in this game, it wasn't even a question. It wasn't even, it was just, yeah, of course you have a gun. You're a mobster. Pull out your gun, man. And that was part of it, too. We didn't have to plan what we had in, as our inventory because it was simply a whatever you say, that is what happens. Absolutely. The details that you guys came up with were all what you wanted to have in the game. So when Vincenzo needed a gun and a rosary, when Dirk needed a bottle of whiskey or scotch or whatever it was, that was all there. So just telling the story, setting the scene. But what I really loved was when you guys started building those horror elements. Mitch, when you brought up the black larva, <laughs> mind blown, took the story in an entirely different direction. I had no idea where the story was going to go, monster, villain, conclusion of the mystery. And you threw that in there. The pieces just clicked. We had Vincenzo's lurking ghost that was haunting him (laughs) that one scene you just had a lot of things thrown at you and i think that Mm -hmm. this is a question that i kind of want to delve a little bit deeper because uh, i mean there are a lot of gms who are listening to this interview right now and hopefully a lot of them are thinking let me try a game of of wushu because of this game and let me try GMing this way. Let me ask you, Caleb, as the GM for this game, as the GM for other games of Wushu, I know you this wasn't your first time running it, that whatever the players say happens, that style of a game, does that make it more difficult for you as the DM? Easier? A mix of both? It's absolutely both. It is far easier because as a GM, I do not have to prepare. Hmm. And I just said that a few minutes ago. I was shooting myself in the foot by trying to prepare all this stuff and get all these details and things set. And I was just killing myself with that. So it is easier because I don't have to worry about that. It's harder because there's a big level of trust between me and the players. And it's also harder because I have to be really on my performance improv game I have to really be dialed in and focused, paying attention to the details that my players are creating and really listening to what the players are doing if they falter. I've played Wushu games where people were not 100% confident with this type of narration style, so I had to give them some encouragement. And I had to make some suggestions based on what other players had said. Hey, this other player just had this part of the scene where XYZ happened, what if your character did something based on that? Or what if that impacted your character in a certain way? So it's a lot more work at the table performance-wise. I'm not looking at charts. I'm not rolling dice. Honestly, in this game, I never picked up the dice once. I didn't have to roll a check. I didn't have to roll an attack. I never had any dice. I never had any mechanics to manage. I had no NPCs, monster stat charts, no maps, no minis. But my focus was on the three of you. Who's doing what? How are they reacting? What details are they creating? I was furiously scribbling notes. 
about the little things you threw out so I could pull them back and give you a payoff. So it is a lot more work in the moment. You really have to be dialed in. You have to be fully engaged. I could not let my attention wander even momentarily. So it's a lot more work that way, but there's no prep. And honestly, I didn't have to worry about the genre, about the horror elements, about the noir style elements. I threw that at you guys. You brought in the details you wanted to see. You each brought your expectation of what noir was, what horror was, what Lovecraftian horror is. So you guys got a chance to shine. You guys got a chance to experience what you really felt the game and the story needed or required. So yes, it's more work as a GM because you're performing. You're, you're really doing a lot of interacting, but it's less work because you don't have to worry about mechanics and stats and prep. It's a challenge. It is 100% a difficult challenge for me. I'm sure that there are GMs who say, oh yeah, that's a breeze. I'm ready to go. My players are set. This is what we do when we're telling stories and shooting the breeze at dinner, this is normal. For me, I had to kind of push myself to get there. That was my challenge as a GM. It's what I've been trying to evolve and develop as a GM, and I'm I'm getting there. So this was a great milestone for me. That's great. Okay, Caleb, we're going to get real. I, I don't think you will mind me bringing this up, but one of the things that you were talking about, uh, challenges of a GM, you said, you know, oh, it was really challenging for me to come into this game and not be prepared. That that you you had to really stop yourself and go, no, that's not what this game is intended for. So you only just recently heard this game. In fact, it was today that you first heard this game, uh, and now we are recording this interview. And so one of the things that you stated in the introduction in this interview is you listened to this game and you were like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. Now, a little bird told me about two months ago that after listening to another GM Showcase game, that you were super worried about your GM Showcase game, that you didn't think it came out good, that you didn't think you did a good job. I I guess I want to dive into that. First, maybe I should ask you this just simple yes or no question. Caleb, are you your biggest critic? 100% yes. I kind of figured that was the case. I think that's something that a lot of GMs out there struggle with but now we have the completion of this story and it sounds like you're super super happy with your product you're able to just take a step back and and look at this game that you were able to run does that make you kind of think or learn anything from that process of questioning yourself like i don't know my question maybe isn't that clear but i kind of want to hear your thoughts no i get what you're saying mitch and You're right. I am my own biggest critic whenever I approach a game, especially when I know that I am approaching it in a very challenging way and I'm trying to do something different, especially when I'm doing something for something that isn't mine. I was not running this game for myself, my friends, my podcast. I was running this for you and your podcast. So I was very worried So I was very worried that my performance would not be up to par and would be unacceptable for the quality that you've established yourself for your show. So that's what was driving my worry. But in retrospect, yes, I was successful. I did accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. 
So if I was a wise man, if I had any <laughs> sense of self-realization and actualization, I would say, hey, I was super worried going into this game, but I did what I wanted to do. So hmm. next time I want to do something crazy like this, I shouldn't worry. I should trust myself, trust my skill, and as long as I have the foundation in place, I have player buy-in and agreement to what we are doing, and we are all on board, I know that it will be fine. Am I going to do that? No. <laughs> 100% no. With 100% certainty, I can tell you that I will always be nervous about a game. I will always doubt my performance and my skills. I will always come away from a game very critical of myself as a GM. And there's a lot of reasons that I could try to figure out as to why that's the case. A lot of very personal off topic reasons that filter <laughs> into this, that if this was a uh, psychological podcast, we could probably talk about, but it doesn't really apply at this point. But I'm always worried about the final product. I'm always worried about delivering quality and professional level entertainment. So I'm always going to be a little critical myself because I'm not my audience. I don't view myself. I don't really listen to myself or watch myself. Even when I listen to this excellently produced podcast, I was still in the moment of remembering what I was doing instead of just enjoying it. There's a really weird level of, of disconnect. Maybe I'm the only one that feels it, but I think all podcasters are, are in that point where we know we're doing a thing and we can't shake that knowledge. Hmm. I, I rarely go back and listen to episodes I'm in because I, I'm so in the moment, even after the fact of the mood I was in, the performance I was doing, I can't really enjoy i can't separate myself from myself so maybe that's just me and i'm bonkers crazy and I i'll fully embrace that i don't think it is and that's that's why i wanted to ask you caleb because i could when you were talking about that and when i heard that from that little birdie i was like that's me too and i think that there are a lot of gms out there who are going to hear everything you just said and strongly relate to it and I'm, I'm talking to you about this, and I'm going to say a couple things, but I'm, I'm of the same opinion that I'm going to keep on doing this because it's who I am of being my biggest critic. But I, I think that, okay, there's a benefit to it, I think, and I hope you agree, being your biggest, biggest critic, it pushes you to be better. It pushes you to move forward, to learn from your mistakes, and hopefully you can, you can figure out what those mistakes are and not think certain things are mistakes when they're not mistakes and like dive too deep and 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 you know start to cut out things that are actually good about the way you run games but I think there's also a lesson here that Caleb I think you me anybody who relates to this we need to learn and we need to really strive and I think that this maybe is part of being better GMs is Sometimes when we end that session and we're just not 100% happy with how everything went down, sometimes we need to get over ourselves and shake it off and move on because we're focusing too much on it. And that's also not a good thing. You know, we, we are here to talk about gaming. We're not here to talk about 
things psychological, but I think that that, that is something that's, that's interesting and that's true about us as GMs sometimes, that we can fall into that trap and we need to be careful to, to still remember that, you know, like this is about having fun. We're running games. We're telling stories with friends. So, Yeah, as a GM, there's a certain level of vulnerability to taking on that role. If you are approaching a GM or a DM from the mindset of, I am telling the story and you are participating in it, it shifts that focus a little bit. It gives you a little bit of insulation. But it also, on the other hand, makes it a little bit worse because you're telling your story, but then you are asking people to give input to it. So there's that disconnect of is what they're going to do going to ruin my story. Hmm. And that can cause a lot of problems. And that's how I started as a GM. I wrote the story of the game and my players did the things they were supposed to do. And that's why when I first started as a GM, I had a lot of problems because I was trying to say, here's the beats A, B, C, and D. And the player said, well, I want to go over here. And I said, I didn't write that part, so you can't do it. And it just didn't work. <laughs> my, my challenge to myself as a GM is to get away from that and really embrace a cooperative narration hmm. where the people at the table, myself included, all share equally the responsibility of telling a story and getting the best experience at the table. So that level of vulnerability and trust has to be there because we're all throwing ideas out and seeking approval. It's a little bit of uh, an, an ego moment there where I say, hey, I want the story to do this because my character does that. Mm. And you have that moment of pause where you seek approval from the other players and the GM. And I, as a GM, want to say, well, here's what happens next in the story, and then make sure you as players are enjoying that and have bought into that. So it's a constant give and take of I'm making myself very vulnerable and looking for approval and then trusting that the people will do the same to me back. So it's this weird dynamic shift when we're approaching a game like this instead of a more typical by the numbers D and D game. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough. It's challenging. And you're right, Mitch. Sometimes we have to just step back and say, you know what? What happened, happened. We all had fun. It was a great game. And just trust it and go on from there. Well, thank you. Thank you for opening up and being vulnerable about that. Because I think, yeah, I think that's just something that other GMs out there will relate to. And it's good to hear us acknowledge those things. All right. I have one final question for you. This past game, did you have a favorite moment? And what was it? I think my favorite moment was towards the end when Dirk had kind of embraced the darkness and had the larva swarming all over him and Alexander came in and saved him. And the reason that was my favorite was twofold. One it represented that moment in horror where the small victory matters, mm. even though the larger threat was still looming. And that's part of the humanity that we find in the horror genre, where 
characters who can't comprehend and can't deal with or can't overcome the larger looming threat have to take success and joy in those tiny moments. So the three characters really had no way of understanding what was happening and probably no way of fully comprehending what they did. But Alexander saved Dirk because he wanted to, because he had to. And that moment was kind of the shining light of the story. The other reason I like that moment is because that represented you as the players defining a really cool thing. And I really liked it because you, Mitch, embraced the whole aspect of, I'm narrating the worst possible thing that could happen to my character. (laughs) Yes. And that's what I encourage in Wushu, it's not just what your character does positively. It's how everything impacts the entire game. And you jumped on board. Everyone did a hundred percent, but you specifically jumped on board with putting Dirk into a horrible situation and embracing that narrative flow. Hmm. So seeing Dirk start as this, cigar chomping machismo (laughs) and then just falling apart with his horrible memories and then embracing this shadow larva thing that came out of nowhere. It was such a cool moment. That's a thing I would have seen on a movie screen and we were making that happen Hmm. in real life. So that was really cool. That's fantastic. All right, Kayla, we've come to the part of the show where I want you to plug yourself and all things that you're doing. Throw humility out the window. All right, so you can find me on Twitter at TheCalebG. I'm on other social medias, but I really never use them. So if you want to (laughs) pester me, pester me on Twitter. I try not to complain a lot, but I do. So (laughs) forewarning. (laughs) you can also listen to me talk on my primary podcast the rpg academy you can listen to actual plays trials interviews gm and player focused discussions as we say over there if you're having fun you are doing it right so we want to encourage everyone to have fun at the game table a spinoff of the rpg academy is a catacon yes which is happening november Uh, We had a very successful Kickstarter, and so we are moving past the planning stage because we now have enough money for the venue, and we are going to be selling tickets on Eventbrite. If you want more information, please swing over to theacatacon.com. You will see all the information about the event, our sponsors, our vendors. That's where you can buy tickets through Eventbrite, and you get all the information As time moves forward here, we will be rolling out a schedule of events as GMs get everything planned. So a lot of exciting things are happening very quickly over there. That is happening this November 10th, 11th, and 12th in Dayton, Ohio at the Dayton Convention Center. If you want to hear me talk about other nerdy things, you can go back in time and listen to Season 1 of Whelmed, The Young Justice Files. That is a podcast I started with Rich Howard. Well, Rich Howard started it, and I was foolish enough to do all the editing work and jump on the Rich train for that moment. That is a show where we talk about the DC animated show Young Justice. Uh, First two seasons are on Netflix for binging and streaming pleasure. Season three is around the corner 
probably next year. We don't know. But Whelmed is a show where we geekily love the cartoon and dig into the storytelling elements. We analyze why it's such a great show, what you can learn from it in writing, in being a GM, in storytelling. Primarily, it's there just to love on a show that is amazing quality, but there's a lot to learn. So I'm very proud of what I did with that. I am not part of season two right now, simply based on my work-life recording schedule. It wasn't possible to happen, but Rich is working with Emily as the new co-host, and there's some fantastic stuff they are doing. We're also lucky enough to get a lot of really cool voices for guest appearances in interviews. Uh, so there's a lot of fun to have over there. So definitely swing over and check that out. Awesome. Check out all those things. Come to a Catacon this year. If you do, you won't regret it. Uh, it'll be fantastic. Come hang out with Caleb, me, and a lot of other cool people. Well, before we say goodbye, Caleb, is there any last word or piece of advice that you want to give to GMs out there? Trust your players. Trust your players to buy into the story and make it what they want in a game experience. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. And thank you, one final thank you, for running this game, for coming on the GM Showcase, for giving us our first horror game and showing us the true dark nature of the Caleb G. We very much appreciate it. It was my absolute pleasure. This game was a blast. And I am so happy that people get to hear it and experience it with us. Well, listeners, I hope that you have enjoyed this game of the GM Showcase. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at the show, you can email us at thegmshowcase at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at GM underscore showcase, and you can like our Facebook page. If you've enjoyed the games that you've listened to here on the GM Showcase, please consider taking five seconds of your time, heading over to iTunes, and giving us a five-star review. Help us continue to grow so these stories can continue to be told to more and more people. Special thanks to those of you who have already done this, and a special thank you to our latest review from eGamma. If you'd like to support our show monetarily, we have a Patreon, and the link for that is in the show notes. The GM Showcase is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like The Dungeon Master's Block, Geek Wars, We're So Bad at Adventuring, and more. And with that, I want to thank you for listening to this game of the GM Showcase, and we hope that you come back soon to listen to another amazing story told by amazing players and, of course, one amazing GM.